Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Sigma Show, episode 63. I'm sorry, I was reading Lampy's message as we were going live. He says, it says that we're playing Overwatch. I only just realized that. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm putting it on my invoice for you, Casey. <laughs> so uh, I will get that fixed in a second. But uh, welcome back to The Sigma Show. We've had a two-week break, one for Easter, one because, you know, it'd it be hard in these streets to get some news sometimes. <laughs> But um, before I let you know who's joining me this week, real quick, we'll go over what our topics are going to be. Uh, first up, uh, there's been a lot of news about Netflix uh, this past week, and I think maybe even before that. Uh, they've lost a ton of subscribers. They're kind of throwing out all sorts of ideas as to how they want to change their business model, and not too many folks are very happy about it. Uh, I'll talk to my guests about uh, maybe what some of those reasonings might be and how they feel about them um, as subscribers or not of Netflix themselves. Um, afterwards... Uh, we've also gotten some news, and this is kind of an old story, like keeps propping back up, that Microsoft and Sony now are looking at um, doing some sort of fusion between ads and live service uh, free-to-play games. So a way to kind of supplement the cost of game making by taking on some ad revenue and how that can maybe impact the games we're looking forward to. Like if it's a good thing, bad thing, we'll get into all of that. Uh, but here to talk with me about these topics today, Rachel Kayser. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm news writer for GamesBeat, and uh, you've probably seen me here before. And for once, I don't think we're actually going to have to talk to me about Activision Blizzard stuff. <laughs> I feel like we've had a fair number of times where you're here, we just talk about random others. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's just uh, it's just the running joke at this point. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Rexicon Jesse also joins us. Oh, hey, everybody. Thanks for bringing me on, Casey. It's good to be back. Anytime. Yeah. And as always, it's a pleasure to have the Fat Stacks here with us. What's good, y'all? Hopefully everybody's had a good weekend. Appreciate the invite as always, man. Blessed to be here. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so welcome, everybody. Welcome, everyone, in the chat. Um, before we get into the actual news, though, it's been a while. I'm very curious. I know some of our viewers probably are as well. Uh, what have we been playing? What have you been watching? What have you been reading and doing in our free time uh, that you guys feel compelled to talk about? Like... Uh, anyone feel free to go first while I real quick change the tech on this uh, stream. <laughs> you go right ahead, jump into it. If anyone has uh, some some games in their queue, I mean, I um, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say I've, I'm finally getting around to playing uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, it's, it's coming at a perfect time because I, you know, have been playing all the big games. I've been playing Elden Ring and then I was playing Tiny Tina and I'm, uh, finishing up the review for Chinatown Detective Agency, which I can also, I don't remember if I talked to you guys about that before, but, uh, I could bring that up as well, but maybe, maybe, um, but I, like... I don't mind hearing about it again. If, if not, cause I don't remember. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's, um, it's just a, uh, yeah. It's it's a breath of fresh air. Kirby and the Forgotten Land, very obviously much more kid friendly, much much easier, much cuter. It's it's just it's it's I've got no like space in my head left for big games at the moment. I have mm -hmm. no more space left in my head for games aimed at adults. I will gladly take a game aimed at a ch aimed at children, something that's simple, that's fun, that's cute, just to just as a palate cleanser. So. Maybe, so I don't even know if the game is good or not. I just love it for that reason alone. <laughs> uh, how much time have you uh, spent with it, though? Uh, only a few hours so far. And yeah. uh, a lot of that was uh, yesterday when I had to take my car in to get serviced. So I was just sitting there in the lobby of the 
um, and in the waiting room of the dealership, just to, with my Switch, just playing Kirby. Yeah, that's a good time to get something to de-stress you is when you're waiting on <laughs> car repairs and such. <laughs> yeah, it's very obviously it's very obviously Super Mario Odyssey inspired, but mm. I don't mind that because I really liked Super Mario Odyssey. But I can't shake the feeling that I'm being way easier on this game than I ordinarily would be. In terms of like, oh, this is so cute. I love it. It's so adorable. And I'm having fun playing it. I'm being way easier on it than I would be purely because this is exactly the kind of stress relief game I need for my own life right now. Well, I, I find that interesting how how easy breezy it feels at the start. Because a lot of folks in chat are mentioning, because uh, I was with some of them watching Marty play through the entirety of the game. Mm-hmm. By the end it kind of gets very different. Like, they kind of turn up the heat a bit in terms of, like, difficulty and just the scenarios in general just kind of get very wild and outlandish. Oh, yeah. I think that's kind of a a hallmark of Kirby games. Yeah, I I know that. And I'm not saying that this is not me, like, reviewing the whole game Uh before you. It's just what I've played up to this point, which is just, um, which is what I needed right now, which is like, oh, this is cute. This is fun. I don't mind it. It's not, it's not... It's not Elden Ring, for example, nor is it Chinatown Detective Agency, which is like, let's make you do, let, let's make you search through your browser, like look up like this entire list of like poisoning symptoms on your bra- on your browser outside the game, so that you can solve this puzzle in the game. <laughs> and I'm oh Man, my, signing my homework. My search my search history is going to be absolutely in, in, is going to be fascinating for the FBI agent monitoring me. <laughs> but wow, okay. That's so, yeah. Yeah, if you guys don't I don't know if we hadn't talked about it before. Chinatown Detective Agency is the 2D adventure game sort of patterned after Carmen San Diego where oh. uh you do research to fit to uh complete the puzzles in the game outside. Like you have to keep a browser up where you um like the, at the very beginning of the game there's a stamp collecting puzzle where you have to figure out where a stamp is from based on like what's on the stamp and the um like um, uh, the ink on the stamp that the postal service used. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's much and I love it. I mean, I'm a mystery game person, but okay. it's also, I, I also look at it was like, yeah, you're a lot of, you're a lot of work. You're a lot of homework <laughs> and you're not, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. I can understand that. So it's like, once you take into context, like that's what I've been playing for the past like week and a half. I think mm-hmm. you'll understand like where the first few stages of a Kirby game are like, <sighs> right. Like, yes, comparison. this is a lot less uh, of a hassle <laughs> to get through. <laughs> yeah. Rachel, I think I legally have to get this game for my partner now that you brought it up. <laughs> because I've said Carmen San Diego. Uh, all of the detective agency. She loves mysteries and stuff like that. And this sounds like she's into like Dagam Rampa and uh, like hidden object games and all that stuff, too. So same. Yeah. Yeah. This this sounds like. Thank you for telling me about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not many people seem to have heard about it. And I'm considering, like, maybe if it had come out even a couple of weeks from now, we've got this huge release glut. I feel like more people would give it a try. A release uh, desert. I feel like more people would give it a try. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what I've been playing for the last uh, week or so. Nice. Uh, anything you've been watching that you want to share? Or Oh, um, I did finish season two of Bridgerton. Okay, I, I caught some of the last episodes of that, thanks to my fiance. <laughs> yeah. what, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, okay, listen, I've got a long history with this <laughs> series because I read the books it's based on. I, hate, oh, I, did, I had no idea it was a book series. I hate the books it's based on. Okay. <laughs> it is, 
Listen, I've read a lot of romance novels. I say that with no shame whatsoever. These books are terrible romance novels. I mean, they're 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 genuinely horrible books. I mean, mm. not just in terms. I mean, I'm, they've got they're, they're, the prose is fine. If I can slip into my book reviewer pants for a second, the prose is fine. But the characters are awful. The situation is awful. And whenever there's a historical romance, they seem just a little too eager to indulge in like classist, sexist, racist tropes under mm -hmm. the under the heading of, well, that's how things were back then. I'm like, this is not historical nonfiction. You're selling a fantasy that just happens to be set on Earth, and that's what we call historical fiction. So mm -hmm. it's always very telling to me when you see just how much they're willing to indulge in these, these, these sort of nastier tropes as well. Like, I mean, the very first book, there is sexual assault and I'm trying not to say that too loud because I don't want us to get too uh I, I don't want to get too into it but it mm -hmm. happens on page so we read it happening and the game and, and the book treats it game sorry the book treats it like it's a beautiful romantic encounter and the yeah. <laughs> the third book involves the romantic lead coercing his love interest into um into a relationship based on the fact that he thinks she's a scullery maid uh, the fifth book involves a father who comes this close to beating his children on in in the text. The only reason he doesn't is because somebody else gets there first. So there's a lot of abuse. There's a lot of, uh, like, dysfunction. And it's treated as if it's the fluffiest, most lovely bodice ripper you've ever read in your life. It's a book that huh. is spectacularly unaware of what it is actually about. And the, the Shondaland series kind of continues that a little bit. It's it's trying very hard to get away from it. It's trying very hard to be this you know beautiful historical rom com, and they've done a lot of work, especially in like rewriting the nastier elements of the books, and also you know mm. they've, they're they're trying to have this you know diverse cast and you know have the, yeah like I think the casting was like a big yeah. thing for that series early on because like oh. it's 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 very fantastical in the sense that during this time period and this location mm -hmm. it kind of didn't look the way uh, it does it in the didn't. show no. And, I mean, again, considering romance, historical romance novels are basically just fantasy novels that just happen to be set on Earth, I'm fine mm -hmm. with – I have no problem with the series doing that. It's just that I don't think they filed off enough of the nasty shit that's in uh, the second Bridgerton novel. They don't – they didn't do it enough for this this, this series. So there's mm -hmm. this underlying, like, kind of, like, awfulness in this entire story and especially since for a series that is trying very hard to ditch like the classist and racist tropes that would have existed in the historical time period they're mm -hmm. also dipping into colonialism a little bit because in because they've changed the, the the female love interest for season two so that she's from india and right. she she's white in the in the novel obviously um they so but they are making it a whole thing is that you know she's from india so that she's she's an outsider to polite English society. And I'm like, oh, we're, we're ditching all the rest of this, but it's a big deal that she's from India. So it's just a weird, like, it, it doesn't even fit within the lore of its own universe at this point. Right. So also, it, it, it is not, it's not sexy. I'll just put it that way. So <laughs> no, that, 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 I, that was the review that I noticed, everyone wanted. Yeah. I noticed kind of right away that it was very much failing to like generate any sort of chemistry between any of the characters that supposedly liked each other. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just kind of dumb. And I have, I have a personal beef with kind of Shonda Rhimes works in general. Mm -hmm. Like I've kind of hated her writing 
ever since Grey's Anatomy. Like the best thing she probably ever did was Scandal, and it's only only when they do the kind of uh, Scandal of the Week type plot lines, like when she's actually when Olivia Pope from Scandal is doing her job. That show is actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. When this stupid love triangle involving the president and like all, all whenever that kicks in, it is the worst, and that is what it seems like that show loves the most is yeah. like that kind of messy ro- romantic comedy nonsense. Are you saying well, you don't like a love triangle between three <laughs> insufferable people <laughs> who are I mean, absolute garbage? As sometimes the drama no. sells. <laughs> well, and... <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And that's basically Bridgerton season two, so... You know, well, if you if you wanted this uh, incredibly uninvolving and boring love triangle between three people of no chemistry with each other, <laughs> um, and also just one last one last big rant about this, I pro- I'm gonna do I'm gonna do like a whole separate rant in a blog post or something. But the first season actually did something I thought was really great, which is that it added people who are not of the aristocratic cra- class to the cast. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of words there that sound the same. But there's like there's a whole storyline about like um, a man who's a, a boxer who is trying to open a business. And it's this whole uh, um, separate storyline about somebody who is not like of the aristocratic rich uh, class. And, you know, it adds a little bit more interest to the story because the story is about that the book is about some very wealthy people who are complaining about how difficult their lives are. And so it's it's great to see a little bit of like, hey, here, here are people who actually have difficult lives in this time period. And the second season doesn't really do that. There's no, there are no characters who are not, there are no major characters who are not of this aristocratic class. I mean, I don't think the main love interest counts. She says she's an outsider, but she's still very wealthy. She's still mm-hmm. very... You know, she still participates in the pageantry of it all. There's nobody who is out, who is on the outside saying, "Hey, you know, you guys are complaining about a lot of stuff you really don't need to be complaining about." And there's also like way too much emphasis on the the whole gossip girl aspect of it, which I don't. Yeah. Which sucked in the books. It sucks in the show. So, anyway, I'm done. Rant over. Well, Somebody I, else talk now. <laughs> no, I, I want to bring up the because I've been kind of raving the last couple of weeks on the show about. Uh, the Gilded Age on HBO, yeah, which is another series that's kind of set in that same time. Like if you've ever watched Downton Abbey, um, it's by that writer Julian Fellows, mm-hmm. Ooh. and and Downton Abbey is essentially like a good version of Bridgerton, where yes, it's focused on that kind of ruling class, but then like Rachel mentioned, it also focuses on like the working class just under them and kind of how they interact with each other and a bunch of stuff how they tie together. Uh, Downton Abbey was maybe a lot more soap opera y. Like, there were some things that were like, all right, this is a little far fetched for like this group of people. Um, but Gilded Age kind of pulls a lot of that um, into like a much more realistic thing. And then they, they do the thing where like, um, this is how people would have acted um, in this time period. Yes, with the nastiness and the classism and the racism and stuff, but they still represent those people. Like, they show you characters from that side of it and how they have to deal with the world in like a very real way, even though it's a, you know, made up story. Like it, it, it just makes a lot more sense narratively and retains, it retains the story is telling. Like, yes, it's about these rich people, but like you do come to care about the characters and what their motivations are, despite the fact that they're like a hundred miles away from anything you personally would care about, especially in that day and age. So like, I find that to be very impressive. Whereas Bridgerton is like, Oh, we want, we want a fantasy of, uh, an age that is maybe by the writers looked at lovingly, but like nobody else thinks of it that way. 
So like, I don't know. I I think it's an interesting cultural thing because it's like what like number two or three on like Netflix's uh, top ten list for like however many weeks when it first yeah. came out, and I couldn't understand why. I'm like, why do people watch this shit? I still don't get it. <laughs> well, uh, just real quick, what's weird to me is that they they've come up with uh, like I think the they have some like semi official explanation for why it's so much more uh, diverse than it would have than historical England was at the time, which is that Queen Charlotte, who is the wife of King Edward the um, <laughs> is is black in this universe as opposed to because I mean the historical there's been some debate about her ethnic background the real woman mm-hmm. um, and she is actually black in the show and so that's their explanation for why there are a lot more why there's a much more diverse like uh, population okay, of England so like than there would be ordinarily history England yeah and I'm like well I mean I don't see why like there's got to it's got to go a little bit further back than her because there are a lot of it's it was diverse even even though she's an adult and there's lots of other there's a diverse adult population it's like did they just spring into existence when she took the throne it's a little bit odd but i'll I'll yeah it's it's weird it's like (laughs) it's a fantasy set on earth let's just go with that explanation oh yeah like you can you can get past the casting stuff pretty quick Mm -hmm. the sad part though is that once you do it's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's just kind of like, oh, I don't want to watch this regardless. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Lampy asking, Casey, you're going to watch the Downton Abbey movie? I was planning on it. I heard it's very terrible. So, maybe not like Which one, immediately. The new one? Oh. Well, like, yeah. whichever one is already out, because I, I hear that there's another one coming soon, I think, right? Yeah. The one that just came out soon. There is one that came out, because I was just mentioning that to Lampy. Yeah. So, there is one that came out in 2019. And there's one in coming out in 2020 called A New Era. Huh. Okay. Whichever I think whichever one is already out, I've heard is bad. Mm. But I'll probably still watch it eventually. <laughs> I really do love Downton Abbey. <laughs> That's because Downton Abbey is great. It is great. But um, all right. Does that uh, wrap it up for you, Rachel? Yep. That's that wraps it up for me. <clears throat> Um, Jesse, you were getting ready to go into things. Did you have uh, something you wanted to share? Oh, the I, was, class? I was just trying to fill the space. But yes, uh, so we Thursday is an anime night with some friends of mine. We started watching uh, My Hero Academia, which yeah, big fan, awesome. Hulu decided to crap out on all of us, and we couldn't watch it. So we were like, all right, well, what are we? What else can we do? And uh, my partner and one other <clears> person was like, well, we caught some of uh our flag means death and that's really good we could watch that mm-hmm. we can get to hbo that's letting us log in watch that what an absolute delight of a show like i didn't want to sidetrack from my hero because i was enjoying that so much but i might be okay with finishing that and then going back because it is that <laughs> freaking good what is the like premise? Because I've been hearing that as well about that shot. It's a Taika Waititi joint, right? Yeah. So all I knew was like pirates and then Taika Waititi. And that was it. And uh, it, it looked sort of similar to like what we do in the shadows. And that's what I mm-hmm. heard it kind of compared to, which I love. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, but like the pitch that got me is the real like what got me about it was the fish out of water. The captain of this pirate vessel. And this is all gotten into like immediately, so it's not spoilers. Mm-hmm. Is an extremely is like a wealthy, well-to-do uh, English aristocrat person who is like, I hate my life and I want to live an adventure. And so he hires this crew of like pretty not very good pirates 
and then is wearing like these elaborate like high English costumes and is like, I'm going to be the gentleman pirate. And it's like really squeamish about like blood and like, <laughs> like all things related to piracy and like the crew in the first episode, like want to try to mutiny and just kill him. Cause they're like, we're not doing anything. And like, but like he's reading them like bedtime stories and is like trying to like, it's, it's a beautiful mix of like trying to soften up, like hard people and trying to come to terms with like not being such a like coward or a soft person in a lot of ways. Okay. And it's, it is contrasting in so many ways that I, it really gets me in a good way. And like, it's super funny. It is, (laughs) it's less about jokes and more about like just the awkward and delightfully strange situations that, this particular group of people could get into. So it has a unique spin on it for like what the joke is. Cool. Nick it's, the OG is saying that uh, he's based on a real person who did that, this aristocrat. Steve oh, Bonnet? Yeah. Oh, he was man. in Assassin's Creed 4. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's really good. I'm so looking forward to continuing watching it. There's only one season of this out now? I think so, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, maybe I'll start that soon, too. And then before My Hero, we actually watched and finished uh, Reservation Dogs, which is also YTT. Uh, and that was on... Oh, that was uh, the one with, like, the, like, the Native American kids? Yeah, really right, good okay. No, Yeah, that just... looked really cool. I'm so happy that I assume this is because of Thor Ragnarok. Ra- or... Probably. Yeah, yeah, that, like, people started giving him money to make stuff and like creative freedom to make stuff because he was great before this, like with what we do in the shadows and stuff. But like, I'm glad I didn't like that movie. I thought it was kind of bad, honestly, but I'm glad it happened because now he's able to do this kind of stuff and we are all benefiting from it. Because his stuff is fantastic. Uh, I, I want to check that out. It sounds delightful. Uh, any, anything else you've been watching or playing for that matter? Uh, I started playing M- Machinum. It's a little point-and-click adventure puzzle game that came out like quite a few years ago. Uh, a friend got it for me. My friend Blake got it for me because I didn't know what to play. He's like, play this. I love this game. I was like, okay. Uh, nice. Machinarium. Yeah. Machinarium. Machinarium. I think is how you pronounce that. So okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be playing that on Monday too to fin- to play some more of it. But yeah, it's it's really it's a cute little game. There's no dialogue. Everything is done in like pictures of trying to describe things, and I really love that. It like reminds me of like the manga Gone, and like some other stuff that j- just focuses on like like a universal language and trying to solve puzzles with that. All right, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. Looking forward to continuing playing it. Sweet. Uh, does that do it for you then? Uh, aside from me just continuing to play Dead by Daylight too much, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get those hours in. Uh, Fast X, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Games, TV? Man, the, the way you guys talk about shows, I feel like I am so left out. I barely turn on my TV half the time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But for me, of course, you know, I'm a big anime guy. So that's kind of like where I lie. I, I stick in the anime realm. But um, for me, uh, 
If you guys have not seen Ranking of Kings, it will make you cry. Yeah, I, fin- I finished that. That show was fantastic. <laughs> Ranking of Kings is definitely um, is up there for me in anime, only because I've I've watched so many similar anime like that, and the premise of it, you can really certain elements of definitely in real life you can attain to from if you watch you know if you guys haven't seen it yet, I'm not gonna give it away, but the main character is just classic and everybody can relate to this main character in some way of another when it comes to a struggle in your life yeah it's like a seminal underdog story right like yeah so like you you can't help but root for boshi the main character right you know what i mean so and his family life Hoo-wee. yeah i mean <laughs> yeah no, it, it gets surprisingly dark. Like it, it's very uplifting, but like there's there's some like evil in that world. A turn real quick, real quick. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely a, a show. If you haven't seen, um, if you haven't seen it yet, it's definitely an anime worth to watch. It is on Crunchyroll, so if you have Crunchyroll, I don't know whatever other platforms it's on. I know I just have Crunchyroll, so you know that, that might be where. It is like I, I haven't seen it anywhere else unless, you know, you're on the <clears throat> pirate website. <clears throat> yeah. <But> you know. <laughs> so um, Rising of the Shield Hero, of course, continuing to watch that. That just came out not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Continuation of it. Um, I'm waiting on a few others too. you know, Classroom with the Elite, Vinland Saga eventually down the line. Um, so it's just really about it when it comes to. uh course been playing mario kart definitely love some of the new tracks still trying to get used to it um so, uh, but, one of the drops has happened already uh just the first wave you the know okay yeah just the first wave the second wave hasn't no telling when that's gonna drop so but so they didn't give like uh like specific dates for it like no. I, I thought it was like a, after a certain number of months you would get uh the drops up until what was it a year or is it two years of well, the DLC they promised? They're saying that by time all the courses drop, it will be 2023, December 2023, by time you get all the courses. That's all I have seen. I haven't right, seen okay. really anything definitive when the next waves are dropping unless somebody in the chat has seen well, seen it. I haven't seen anything that come across huh. my timeline yet. Yeah, Nick the OG asking how much was that pack with the new Mario Kart tracks? Uh, I think it was like... I want to say like 25 or 25 or 30, something like that. I, I remember between, right. between I 25 or 30. Yeah, if you if you bought like the whole, ex, uh, what is it, expansion to it, to Nintendo, you yeah, get it for free. Pack. But since I don't play my Switch other than for Mario Kart and Tetris half the time and mm-hmm. Smash every now and again, uh, just buying the booster track, the course pack is a lot cheaper. Because I'm, I'm not going to, you know, yeah, some good old games come out, but I mean, I yeah, just, you're just not going to spend, you're the, time just not gonna spend yeah. the time with, with all that. Yeah. I would love to have F-Zero X from the N64. That's like one of my favorite like racing games ever, but like, I'm, it's not worth all the money I'm going to have to put out for just the one game. <laughs> right. You know, so, I mean, they have a remasters here and there, but yeah. But it, to me personally, it's better just to buy the booster course pack. It's just cheaper that way. Okay, and that locks you in for all of them. For all of them. All of them. Yep. Okay. Every yeah, single. In chat says uh, twenty four ninety nine. Yeah. So. Curse you, Lampy! Beat me to it. 
<laughs> yeah, because I believe Jess was talking about that last time when we when he was talking about us like, yeah, it's just cheaper to just to get the booster course pass. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's just unless you really play your Switch that much. <laughs> I mean, you know, but and a couple of games I'm looking forward to is uh, Mario Strikers Battle League comes out June 10th. And of course, the Nintendo Switch Sports. I'm waiting for volleyball and uh, badminton. Those are the two ones that I'm interested in in the uh, Nintendo okay. Switch Sports. <laughs> I've, I've never heard that sentence uttered before in my life. Well, volleyball and badminton? I, that someone was like, I'm really looking forward to volleyball and badminton. <laughs> the, I can get behind the volleyball one. I've played badminton in, in real life, and it is fun. I just, I, I don't see it in a Wii Switch Sports things, but no, knowing my kid, at some point he'll probably ask for that, and then we'll have to play it. I mean, they have, of course, tennis in there, you know, so. Yeah, tennis is fun, yeah. But I would have really liked to see um, table tennis. I don't even know if it's in there. Now, the, the majority. Yeah, I don't think it has been, right? Yeah. yeah. There, that, that hasn't been like a Nintendo Wii mini game before. Yeah, I think of. I would have loved to seen table tennis. That would have been <laughs> very uh, uh, cool to play some uh, some doubles or even singles in there and some table tennis. So, hey, Nintendo, uh, you know, can I add that, please? <laughs> no, that's a good idea, actually. That seems like kind of tailor-made for the, right. the freaking motion control stuff. Yeah. You, just, you don't even need to see people, just paddles. <laughs> for, yeah. <laughs> for pretty much it. What if the characters are paddles and they're just like, like. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't pass. I wouldn't put it past Nintendo to do something like that. Just make mine Kirby. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kirby mouthful <laughs> modes of paddle. <laughs> just make <laughs> That is all. <laughs> yeah, that works. We, we solved it. But, so, all right. Um, yeah. What else uh, have you been playing or looking forward to? Well, that's pretty much that's it for me. Okay, uh, I don't. I just took a week off of like uh, streams and and whatnot. Um, but weirdly enough, I didn't play like a ton of new games. Like I went back to some older stuff that I've been neglecting, like Fire Emblem, um, which I still haven't finished. I got like over sixty hours in that game. I'm still not done with my first house's playthrough. I don't, I don't, like is that game just that? Like is a single playthrough like eighty hours? Like is that what I'm missing? Because I thought it was shorter than that. Which house are you playing? Uh, Blue Lions. Um, I mean, I feel like maybe some of the other houses, they aren't quite, they don't have quite so chunky a storyline, <laughs> but I did play Blue Lions first, and yeah, they can take up, I mean, it depends on how much of the side stuff you're doing as well, like the, the personal I've, I've kind of stopped, yeah. I've, I was doing, I was doing a lot of people's, like, side requests, because, mm-hmm. like, you get, like, special weapons for completing them, and, like, they were kind of cool stories, so like, yeah. I was kind of really into it. But now I'm like, oh, I, I kind of want this game to end. So I'm sort of starting to ignore yeah. some of the stuff they're asking me. But the I fact think, that the game isn't wrapping up yeah. still, like it seems like they still want me to spend like weeks talking to students and running around the monastery. I'm like, can we get to the, the <laughs> end game? <laughs> yeah, I think if you go back and replay some of the other houses, it'll be sort of like, okay, I'm not, I'm not doing all these side quests. I think that's why the next playthroughs will probably be shorter because you're like, yeah, I'm just like... We're not going to do personal right. quests. You don't need special weapons. These weapons are perfectly fine. <laughs> After a certain, I think on the on the next playthroughs, you'll probably go faster, just because you'll you'll be a little less uh, inclined to listen to your to listen to their crying about their personal <laughs> lives. 
Uh, Lampy says 50 to 75 hours, according to the internet. So, yeah, I, I, I know I'm close, but I guess I'm not there just yet. Uh, but be, because I've been diving back into Fire Emblem, uh, I've weirdly gotten really excited for Three Hopes, like the new um, Dynasty Warriors type uh, Fire Emblem game that's coming soon in a couple of months. Because that seems to be continuing the story, or at least giving you a different perspective of that story from Three Houses. And like I, I'm obsessed with the Three Houses characters. Like I love those students so much. Like they are so personable. They're so cool. Um, so more stuff with like featuring them, like it's right up my alley. And I don't really care about Dynasty Warriors, Musos, and stuff like that. Like it's not my cup of tea. But just because it's like featuring, not just Fire Emblem, but the three houses characters from Fire Emblem, like I'm very excited for it all of a sudden. That's definitely adding to the collection. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but outside of that, um, you know, progressing slowly in Elden Ring, uh, playing a ton of Smash uh, as usual. Uh, but I, in terms of watching, um, I finished uh, a series on Netflix, an animated series called Scissor 7. Has anyone heard of this show? No. It's, it's, I believe it's Chinese made, um, and it's an anime in the sense that it borrows tons of tropes from it, but like its art style is actually a lot closer to, um, if you guys have ever seen the cartoon OKKO OK okay. on Cartoon Network, no? <clears throat> have you guys seen Chalk Zone on Nickelodeon? No. <laughs> All right, well, Gosh. it's- Name and shows we've never watched. <laughs> What do you got? Well, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get a picture in your head of what the animation style is. It's it's it looks like kind of like crayons almost. Like it's it's not it's it doesn't look as like childish, but it it doesn't look as clean as like you know My Hero Academia or Demon Slayer or something like that. But at the same time, um, it's it does action incredibly well. Like it, it has amazing fight sequences with like crazy special effects, like characters that do really cool shit. Like, they're designed really cool. Like, everyone who's of importance, like, looks recognizable. and Like, oh, this could be a character in a gacha game that you would, you know, pine for because of, like, how awesome, like, their flourish is and their color scheme is or whatever. Like, it, it looks fantastic. Um, but it's actually, like, very funny. Like, it's, it's ridiculously humorous. Like, the main character, without spoiling too much, um, is a hairdresser. Um, and it's because he lost his memory and washed up on this island. Um... And, you know, this chicken person uh, who found him essentially is putting him to work to make money because he's kind of a con man type dude. He does care about him, but he's kind of a con man. And um, he's really good with a pair of scissors. And so that kind of translates to him becoming a hairdresser. But it turns out he's like this legendary assassin. And that's why he's so good with a blade. And he has the telekinetic power to control the specific scissors he has. Um, and people start showing up to murder him because he has a past. He doesn't necessarily know why, but he's able to fend them off. And like, you keep learning more about his history while he gets in these really funny, weird situations because his reaction to all this stuff is just over the top and weird. So like, it's, it's very comical. There's like three full seasons out. The third one just came out this year and I finished it. And apparently there's a movie coming next. Um, so the, the story is surprisingly deep. Um, it gets surprisingly emotional. Um, and it is very funny on the surface, like all the way through. Like, I, I really love that show. I cannot wait to see more of it. So if you haven't seen it at all, Scissor 7, uh, check it out on Netflix. Uh, it's awesome. Okay. Um, and pff, other than that, I was watching a couple of documentaries. I finished The Last Dance, which is the 
the 90s Bulls documentary or the Michael Jordan documentary because it's mostly about him. He really does make the 90s Bulls, in all honesty. Um, I I grew up watching the Bulls. Like, my older brother is, like, a big, big basketball fan. And he loved Michael Jordan. I mean, who didn't in that era, right? Um, but, like, they're talking about all the behind-the-scenes stuff for, like, playoff games and championship games that I actually watched as a kid. So, like, it really put it into, like, new illuminating context. And, like, there was stuff that I just had no idea about what's going on in that organization and with, like, Michael Jordan's life um, in general that really just paints him in a new light. Not not in, like, a negative or positive way, really, but just it just puts him as a human being in a lot more perspective than, like, this image that most people have of just Michael Jordan, the great basketball player, right? So, like, it's, it's really good. Like, it's uh, – even if you don't like sports at all, uh, which at this point in my life, like, I really don't follow any sports anymore – like stories like that are still super interesting. Like they really, they really frame it as, as more of like a history thing. Like if you care about history, like the kind of stories that some of these sports uh, documentaries go into kind of inform a lot of what's going on in the world in that way. And it, it actually explains the proliferation of American culture throughout the rest of the world. Like the NBA weirdly had a lot to do with that. So uh, yeah, that was super interesting. Uh, but that's pretty much it for me in terms of like gaming and watching. Uh, so with that, let's get into uh, we've been kind of skirting around Netflix pretty much this entire <laughs> this entire show. And it's weird that it's actually the main topic, but we'll we'll jump into that. Uh, Netflix apparently lost. Uh, what was the number? Like 200,000 subscribers uh, by their last quarter's earnings or something like that. Um, so yeah. that's, uh, what was that? Like 15 billion dollars? They said that equal to something like that. Mm-hmm. So lots of money, lots of subscribers down the toilet for Netflix. Uh, and this has spurned a number of what seem like kind of bad or at least consumer unfriendly decisions. Uh, first of which was them saying that they were going to crack down on password sharing. Um, I don't know how many of you guys here are like the primary Netflix subscriber or are maybe using a friend's account or whatnot. Uh, but essentially, <laughs> they're saying like it would be like one account per household going forward. Um, this hasn't taken effect yet, at least not in my area. But they keep talking about this coming soon. Uh, on top of that, uh, apparently they, um, they're looking at adding an ad tier, which is something we're getting into with the Microsoft and Sony deal. But apparently a still paid but cheaper tier of Netflix service where it's supplemented by you know ads in the middle of your shows and whatnot. Um, and last but not least, they're essentially slashing the budgets of a lot of the animation that they have on Netflix. I was just talking about a show that I loved that's a Netflix original anime. Um, but apparently this is what's going to be cut first. Um, there's two projects that were in the works that apparently they are not doing anymore. One was from uh, a Roll Doll series, I believe. And another was a graphic novel called Bones, if I'm not mistaken. But um, kind of wow. highly anticipated. Yeah, but they're, they're essentially shuttering the ideas of putting that into uh, a Netflix series because animation is expensive. So with these changes and with Netflix's uh, push to try and recoup some f- funds, um, how do you guys, as like fans of you know a lot of the pop culture stuff, uh, stuff that has shown up on Netflix over the past couple of years, how are you responding? Like, does this sound like something you would adapt to, or something that's going to maybe push you even further away from what they're trying to do? <sighs> a lot of this was foreshadowed, though. Oh yeah. In what way? All right. Obviously, I deal in a lot of stocks and stuff. So if you look at 
at a first of all let's look at it like this and i could because i got some notes here for specifically from the stock prices of netflix at certain points now obviously mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix started jumping up because of COVID. I mean, it was gradually going up, but COVID definitely made it go up even more. So in October 24, 2021, Netflix stock price was at its highest, 600, uh, 690.31 at its highest. If you look at it now, it's dropped all the way down to like 291. And that's the lowest it's ever been since January of 2018. Now it started dropping significantly, well, slowly started dropping around um, November 7th, 2021. I think what Netflix, in my opinion, should have done was announced all that way before these changes earlier to soften up the blow what was going to happen. I think their, 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 their planning was poor mm-hmm. because eventually coming out of COVID and everything, people... You know, not just that, but also the competition, Disney, Paramount, HBO. Um, I mean, there's a lot of competition now for streaming services. And once these shows said, OK, well, if why are we giving Netflix a cut when we can just have our own streaming services, which kind of sucks for us as the consumer, yeah. because yeah. now you got to pay three or four different streaming services because your shows are split up on different deals instead of being on one particular streaming service so Mm -hmm. competition was one of one of the biggest things as well um which netflix could have foreshadowed that at the moment disney said that they were pulling all their stuff out they were gonna have disney was gonna have disney plus that should have been a a telltale sign of course hbo and um was it stars and all that they were already having their deal yeah, uh, stars pulled out forever ago like that was yeah. one of the that was one of the first times someone was like oh let's take all our stuff off netflix it was with stars yeah because they had a lot of shows i watched on there <laughs> so um if netflix would have did all this um you know when it came to uh commercials and all that earlier like way earlier let's say like 2019 or so hey look we're gonna be doing this tier da, 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 doing it now it's like you had other places that were already doing it. The reason why people were paying for you because you didn't do these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now you're going to have more people possibly leaving because now all of a sudden you're going to add this, do this, do that. You should have just done it beforehand and possibly save yourself the headache now. But, you know, it goes with competition pretty much. You know what I mean? It's, it just is what it is. It just sucks for the consumer is what it's going to suck for. Because now you just have to put out more money if yeah, to get the stuff to get you what you watch. want. Yeah. No, I think part of the problem is that a lot of these other streaming services as well, these, got, these have huge media conglomerates that are funneling money into it. Their money doesn't come solely just from uh, subscribers to their subscription services. Like Disney, for example, is not making the, – the money for Disney Plus – original content is not coming from Disney plus subscribers. It's coming from Disney and Mm -hmm. Netflix. I don't think Netflix really has that kind of like giant money pot to access, which is not to say that Netflix doesn't have money, but it doesn't have quite the uh, safety net that the other ones do. Cause if say, if Disney plus loses a bunch of subscribers and it ends up flopping, which I don't think it will, but if it does, Disney will keep going. It's not Disney. That's not going to sink Disney. I don't think. But I think Netflix losing even like bleeding subscribers, I think that would that could sink Netflix. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I, hmm. it, it sounds like because <clears throat> uh, Netflix has been known to hide a lot of the numbers behind the scenes. Like they won't tell you uh, how many people are watching the thing. They won't tell you how much they paid for a certain thing. But then you'll always get these um, outlandish numbers like here and there. Right. Like a lot of their comedy specials. Oh, they gave this person 30 million. They gave this person 40 million for just like an hour comedy special. Like if that's how much they're willing to pay for like a big name on this for like a single thing, like how much are they paying like Ryan Reynolds for like the three movies that he put on that uh, show? How much are they paying um, like these animation studios to kind of make a full series or that has several seasons? Like how much did Castlevania cost? Like, like stuff how- like that. Look how much they paid Dave Chappelle for his deal. Exactly. Like they <laughs> Netflix spends a lot of money on this content. And I'm I have no idea whether it's worth it or not, but it seems like a lot of a lot of what they do to attract people to their platform is to say, we will give you more money than anyone else. So like I'm just wondering, like, what is the return on that? Like it like have they been losing money like this whole time? <laughs> well, I mean They've been steadily losing the content because of, like Rachel said, and of course it was Lampy said in, in the chat, but the content, like, another one is when you have movies, right, that go out to the theaters automatically after so long, it's going to go to certain streaming services. They're going to host mm-hmm. it. Netflix used to be like, okay, well, we'll pay you to put it on our deal. Mm-hmm. Netflix don't have that anymore. They, like Rachel said, there's really no big backing to Netflix per se, when it comes to a major, you know, a corporation like, you know, Disney, uh, Warner Brothers is, uh, is another one, you know, Time Warner. You know what I mean? So talk about that. Even AT&T split there, um, split from communications now. And now they, Warner Brothers have their own separate deal. So AT&T literally just said, oh, no, we're not getting into that because it was costing them a lot of money to have mm-hmm. both. So, yeah, losing that many subscribers hurts as you can see the stock price just keeps dropping so yeah because that that is the core of their entire revenue market is their subscribers subscribers yep. yeah so and when it comes to content ah yeah i don't know how they're going to supplement that per se because yeah you have netflix originals you know but now you're kind of competing now with you know, like, the well, Marvel movies are going on Disney. You know, or certain movies are going on, you know, Paramount. So, <laughs> like, so now you're going to say, well, we're going to put ads in there to kind of supplement that. Or now, well, we're, you can't share your password to supplement that. Man, you should yeah, like, just... These, yeah, these seem like desperate grabs. Right, yeah, for, exactly. For revenue. Then it's like, well, if you screw up the customer experience, like, Netflix is still, like, like my preferred platform because it's so easy to use. Like there's just there's just nothing in the way of you getting to what you want to watch and then starting to watch it straight through. Like if I want to binge a thing, Netflix is far and away the easiest way to do that. Like Hulu um, can be problematic. H- the HBO app is terrible. It is god awful. The HBO Max app. Uh, like Netflix just Peacock. functions and it functions on everything. Yeah, all yeah, all these other things just suck in comparison. Well, so like, uh huh. Go ahead. Well, I was I was going to say that I think um, 
the thing with Netflix is that it started as a content aggregator and that was what everyone was chasing originally. And then mm-hmm. when other places, when other content, other streaming services popped up, they were start, they were where Netflix started, which was as content aggregators. Like that's, I use Disney plus as the classic example, but that's how Disney plus started. They're like, look at all the Disney films that we have. And that's, mm-hmm. and I, and before that, and like, as it's sort of like plan B, Netflix transitions to content creation, not so much mm-hmm. content aggregation anymore. And it no longer has content aggregation to fall back on because like Lampy said in the chat, all the things that they used to aggregate are now on their own streaming services. And mm-hmm. the problem is when other stu- other streaming services, other streaming services caught up to the content creation plan B a lot faster than they did the content aggregation plan A. So and like an Apple TV Plus movie just won Best Picture before any Netflix yeah. movie has no Netflix movie has ever gotten even close to that, and it's almost sort of like you got a Plan C Netflix, and it looks like <laughs> it's looking like this is their Plan C. It's like okay, well we're failing on selling original content, we're failing at being an aggregator now, so now we're going to become an ad platform. And so, in you guys' opinion. Does that seem like a viable strategy? Like, can can something like this save Netflix in the long run? No, what they should have did, they should have, like I said before, they should have done this earlier, like <laughs> way before the pandemic. Not saying that it would have saved them, but at least it would have gave them maybe a little cushion. You know, even as it was rising during, before all these streaming services took all their content and put it on their Deal. Well, I mean, because it's, it's hard to say that they should have done it before this, because before like the pandemic and before all these other comp- competitive services popped up, Netflix was kind of riding high. Like their numbers were only going up. Right. Like, no, no. no what like, I they said- had who as they had like Hulu as comparison. Right. And the first thing I remember about Hulu is how much I dislike the fact that you pay for Hulu and they still give you ads. Right, but there's also a tier system, I believe, with Hulu, where if you pay so much more, yeah, like you pay you know, more than they right. get rid of ads. But it's like, no, like I, if I'm paying for, the, if I subscribe to this service at any amount, it it would seemed absurd to me that they would still show you ads because Netflix was kind of the Netflix was the the progenitor of all this stuff. Like they were the first ones to come out with a thing that says like, hey, we'll put a bunch of streaming content in your face, and you pay a monthly cost for the service, and this is how it functions. So like Hulu came up with the idea like, oh, we'll, we'll have ads supplement this for whatever reason, like because maybe they didn't have uh, the backing or the content or whatever worked out for them because I think eventually they got bought by ABC. But like that was why Netflix was preferred to Hulu. Like I don't think Hulu was ever kind of ranked above Netflix at any point until maybe recently, not that it's aligned with, you know, the whole Disney catalog. So. I don't see any incentive for them to have gone, oh, well, let's put ads in it now. Let's crack down on password sharing now because like they were still on top. Now that they're tumbling, it's like, okay, well, these are things we didn't want to do because it would probably hurt our brand and maybe cost us some subscribers. But now they're looking at it like, well, if we're losing subscribers anyway, then we might as well pull the trigger on this. But like my my worry is wouldn't that cause like an even faster hemorrhage? Because like almost everyone I've seen in response to Netflix putting these ideas out in the world are saying like, oh, well, I, I subscribe to the service, but I've got my uncle, my aunt, my kids in another household who use the account. So I'll just, I'll just pay for something else. Like I'll just stop using it then if I can't actually use it the way I've been using it. Like it just, this sounds like a bad idea. Now, On what, paper at least. What you just said in the middle of that, 
actually, when you talk about ABC buying out Hulu, I, you know, that statement there, if mm-hmm. Netflix drops far enough, that might, that might okay. be a possibility for somebody to snatch Netflix. At, oh, that's a good point. At a certain stock price. I feel for those who bought Netflix at 300 and something and 400 and something thinking that it's not going to fail. When it comes to streaming services, as big as Netflix, I mean, you can't get as big as Netflix without scratching your head. Be like, man, eventually with the competition, possibly things can drop. And mm-hmm. of course, with all the content being gone off of there, like we've, we've said numerous times, there's a possibility Netflix could drop to this point. Now, it's the whole dang if you do, dang if you don't. You know, if well, if we do this early, it can hurt us early. But, well, now if we do this now, it's like, well, it, you know, so if it drops any further, you might have somebody with some decent size money come and take Netflix if they drop even further because of the issues. Now... I'd hate to say this. I'll, it'd be interesting if I see Disney snap up Netflix. I didn't go lie. Hmm. That would be sad. I think it's interesting that you're <laughs> that you went to Disney. I, I'm curious if there are any other possibilities that you. Well, you have Warner. Um, Paramount. Yeah, Paramount. Yeah, I mean, but you're gonna have to have somebody with some large pockets to snatch Netflix, though. That's yeah. the that's it. And yeah, like that. That would be like a landmark thing. So it would. It would have to be another like really big name that's already in the streaming wars, right? Like I can't imagine it would be like a new player who wants in would say like, oh well, I'll take Netflix because like at this point, everyone who's gonna be in the fight is in the fight. Like Apple's in there, mm-hmm. Free, like and you know every they're, major they're conglomerate, the, right? Yeah, you know, everybody who is in entertainment has their own streaming services. Now right. where are we at? Apple yeah, TV Plus, Peacock, studios. HBO Max. Hulu, Paramount Plus. Did I say Paramount Plus already? I didn't. Uh, Netflix. CBS has a thing, right? But like, is it? That's 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 Paramount Paramount Plus. That's Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. CBS Paramount. Okay. Yeah. And hence why I said Disney first instead of Apple, because Apple has their own deal. And I don't really see Apple going after Netflix. I mean, it could happen. But like I said, it's going to take somebody that can take a loss, that can take losses. Mm -hmm. So... Cause like honestly, the the thing, Lambie says, don't forget CNN Plus, Casey. They 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 closed they, that. They actually uh, got canceled. I yeah, believe. they closed it down yeah, like after it. a week. Yeah, <laughs> a week. A yeah. week. Three hundred million dong gone down the tube. Like, wow. where did that much money go? They freaking beat Quibi. That's impressive. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they really did. They, they Quibi. Got the I, that's a name I've not heard in a long yeah. time. <laughs> uh but. You know what? It, it, this sounds bad, right? The whole big companies eating other companies and all. But remember, we liked the fact that there was like one big streaming thing. And now that there's like a million and all this stuff is getting like, oh, we're going back to cable. If a lot of these ones start to fail and some of these bigger ones start to eat the little ones again, we start to shrink that pool yeah, back. Well, yeah, I don't start- think that's that <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Well, it'd be cons- like I said before, consumers would like it because now, you know, you don't have to pay for as much. Just like when Crunchyroll uh, uh, formed with Funimation, like, OK, now we get yeah. one huge anime service. So it's like, uh, I'd rather that than pay for yeah, it. Like there there are some pluses to that. Like, yes, this, the whole Monopoly thing is terrible and we hate it. But also 
um, I'm going to pirate this stuff if you don't make it easy for me. <laughs> but the problem with it becoming the monopoly is then, while I, I, yeah, there's a lot of terrible things happening right now and like terrible <laughs> UIs and who has what shows and, you know, all this different stuff and who you're spending money with. But if three people have all of the shows, if it's Disney, Paramount, and Warner, they can control like they did with cable the price how much it costs yeah so now mm-hmm. it's not 10 bucks mm-hmm. for netflix 10 bucks for hbo max and you can mix and match each month it's you have to pay 30 dollars a month and you only get this many options because we control everything so stuff mm-hmm. it. like what are you going to do um so i i yeah. do think it's it, a double edged sword for sure yeah <laughs> right. I, I think ultimately monopolization is worse um i no it's a fair point <laughs> so the i the, we were talking about this quite a while ago but i'm gonna bring it up unless someone else has another thing they want to add directly to this this is about oh, password sharing go ahead go right ahead we're still on this topic i'm really curious about that because like i i do from a consumer standpoint like like we currently have discovery plus for a month because we want to watch battle bots and a couple of documentaries and like, yeah, we'll catch a few episodes like ghost brothers or something. And then we'll get rid of it in a month once we've done everything we wanted. And like this, because there are so many streaming services, like that's kind of the model you have to work with now is mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're going to set up for, for Netflix. Well, you know, alter carbon and then we'll watch it and then we'll drop it and we'll do, you know, HBO for one month and then we'll drop it. And like, those are the floating numbers that we're going to have to deal with and that you can make a big story about, you know, like we've lost X percent, point nine percent of our viewerships, 200,000 subscribers. But like they're rotating like that's what's going to happen. Like So, you, so you're thinking, oh, this 200,000, they'll be back eventually. <laughs> yeah, they'll filter in at different times when certain things happen, uh, like, you know next month discovery plus could be like we lost so many subscribers and we were one of them but like yeah we were only going to be there for a month they they didn't have our long-term money and for that long-term money i think the password sharing is uh important like we pay every month for hbo max and we Mm -hmm. share that password with someone who pays every month for netflix and yeah, and it's like a symbiote. Yeah, trade off. Right. Yeah. So you share mine, I our, share yours. We good. <laughs> right. So yeah. they have both of those services have constant customers from these two entities because we can do that. Once that happens, they'll lo- probably lose yeah. us both, and then they'll That's have true. us when we pick it up for one month, two months here and there because the Batman came out or whatever. I'm also I'm just not a fan of the way it's sort of like talked about as if the people who password share are you know, doing something illicit. It's like, like they're yeah. pir- as, as if it's like somehow the equivalent of piracy or something. It's like, well, Netflix, you're, you're the ones who are like, have these, like, you know, let's have all these profiles. Let's have these family plans and everything. It's like, you're trying well, to put the, you're trying to put the genie back in the bottle. <laughs> this is, I mean, well, first of all, I think, you know, people did do that in the early days of Netflix. Netflix caught on that. Okay. Bunch of people using the same Netflix account because we have like a certain, like, threshold of devices each one each account can be logged in on so what the hell let's just introduce profiles and have everybody everybody can have their own separate like little corral where they have all their content that they like and 
That's they, they have set it up so that it is favorable to do that. And now they're trying to act like they I, I don't know if Netflix itself called it a free ride, but that's the terminology I've heard being used is that they want to stop people from, uh, you know, having a free ride with Netflix. And I'm like, You're trying to demonize something that you yourselves made it easy to do that you mm. wanted people to do because it expanded Netflix's profile and it's it it's it feels a little grimy that they're trying to uh yeah. knock down yeah. and demonize something that they themselves set up that they themselves made a thing for Netflix. Yeah, and you you see that response all over the internet like a bunch of people who feel offended that Netflix would do this, right? It's like, oh, if you're if you're going to call me out as if you know, I'm like some kind of freeloader or whatever, then I then yeah, and, and honestly, it's it's the people who are paying the people who are, you know, that that core uh, subscriber who are f- sharing it out, like they do that because that's beneficial to them. They want these other people to get like it's either like, you know, a, a loved one, a parent, a friend. And like Jesse said, you know, there's a transactional thing there. Like if that person is no longer able to provide that password to like their core group of people who give them access to all these other things, then they're screwed. Right. It's like so now they have no longer have value to the group. <laughs> It's like, so, yeah, like, F this. I think a lot of it has to deal with either, um, their board and probably shareholders because of the price drop. A lot of that with the price drop going on. So they got to find a way to somehow um, stop this <laughs> this open wound that's just gushing. <laughs> that they have to somehow um, try to close it or at least, you know slow it down because i mean yes they did start a lot of stuff that's the reason why a lot of people chose netflix to begin with because Mm -hmm. there were so many pluses but now that you know this is gonna be like every other platform because that's pretty much what it just gonna be like they're gonna be like every other platform all right so now your share price drop you don't really have this you don't really have that so what is that board going to do and what did it, what do they want for their shareholders? And that's kind of what it boils down to. So obviously once again, it's all about money. So yeah, it, 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 it's like a reaction out of fear of losing money. Right. And I feel like up until this point, Netflix has been really good at kind of pivoting whenever they're faced with an issue like this, like when stars pulled out, um, they kind of, decided i think it was at that moment like when stars pulled out because they were sharing a lot of their content they decided we're going to start making our own content and then you started getting like really good shows out of netflix that surprised a lot of people that they were they could with original they would come up with like really good original content then they started going like oh well let's make deals with people that have like big names so that we can make good original content that people will want to see like the the marvel deals and whatnot right and then when that got big marvel's like give me give us our ball back Netflix, it looked like, started to pivot towards like, all right, well, if we can't use these licenses, then we'll use these licenses, starting to turn towards like video games, like The Witcher, like Castlevania, like uh, stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's weird that rather than, because also that stuff was working, I feel like, like those shows were coming out and doing really well. I don't, I don't know monetarily how well, like maybe the video game stuff wasn't pushing, as, I mean, it can't have been pushing as many numbers as like, you know, Marvel so like maybe that's maybe what's hurting them here is that like oh we were making this much now and now we're making this much right but this just screams desperation in a way that feels like they're going to stop the innovation and the 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 pivoting to make like quality stuff 
to kind of just pull dollars from wherever they can. And like that to me, that kind of spells the end. Like it's, it's like they've run out of ideas at this point. So they're going to go for like the, the lowest common denominator of just copy what the other guy did to try and pull in as much money before this all comes to a screeching halt. So like, yeah, I, did, I hadn't considered it before, but Fast X, I think you're dead on the money. At some point, they may be just looking to sell. Yeah, like, it's, it's getting real hot out in these streets with all these other competitors. <laughs> yep, and, <laughs> and like our time may have come. So I mean, it it could be a good thing. And and the re- like I said before, the reason why I said Disney because of all the Marvel movies, all the success Disney is having, it would only bolster. Now, mind you, Disney makes money in other places, but that would only help bolster Disney itself. Mm-hmm. Per se, whereas we all know everybody else kind of has already somebody big in a pocketbook that can be like, you know, well, yeah, we can afford this to go sideways. It's not really going to matter. We just going to write this off. It's just going to help our tax uh, taxes look good. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, eventually, if it if it if Netflix drops another 100 points or so, because I think it's sitting at what, 210. Let Netflix drop about possibly 150 somewhere around there. Might be talking about a fire sale or something like that if it gets any worse. Mm. So, I mean, thinking about it that way, like the these terrible headlines that are coming out, <laughs> so it could could be could be trying to get the price down a little bit to like trigger <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, uh... wouldn't be the first time it's happened. It went right. So. Or what if it they're playing to the R slash Wall Street bets and they're trying to drive the price down to get the average consumer to buy them so they don't get bought by big ah. corporations? Actually, and you know what? They're trying to they're trying to go to a meme stock situation. Yeah. Actually, actually, Jesse, you are dead right. But let's look at it in the reverse. What happened if they would have done a stock split when they were at six ninety? It would have been way better at that point because you have. Uh, Look at Amazon. Look at Google. They're about to do a stock split here this year. If Netflix would have done a stock split at that point, which they were sitting right on their high horses, if they would have done that and then this would have happened, it wouldn't have been so bad because now they would have had uh, more investors investing into Netflix, meaning more money, and then the, this blow wouldn't have been as bad. Let's you see what I'm saying? Like someone in the audience doesn't know what a stock split is. <laughs> All right, a stock Can you split. Explain that to them. All right, a stock split is when a company, let's say, does like a, you know, you do a, a four to one. For every one share you have, we're going to give you four extra. Like Amazon is doing a twenty to one stock split. Amazon is worth over two thousand dollars a share. So if you own one share, when they do their stock split, you're going to get twenty plus shares. But What's going to happen is the stock price is going to drop down. So you divide, you know, 20 into whatever the stock price is. And that's what the average price is going to be. Like it's going to drop all the way down to like 150 or 130, whatever it is. A stock split just enables investors to get in at a cheaper price. So and, and I think it's it spreads like the purpose, I believe. And correct me if I'm wrong, FastX, is so that it spreads the possible losses across more people rather than like the few who hold like the stocks. So like if it does drop from 2000 to like 1000, the the smaller number of people don't have to eat that because it's now spread over more people. So that's, more people lose less money. That that's a good way of looking at it as well because if I own a 
uh, uh, Warren Buffett owns a lot of Apple. How many times Apple is split over the years? And it actually, you know, the stock can still go back up. But yes, it also helps your losses as well. But it also gets more people to invest, which means just more money. So if Netflix would have been smart about this, their board would have done a stock because uh, Tesla has is now done is now looking to do two stock splits in less than a couple years, which is almost unheard of that I haven't seen. But that would have helped them with the losses and it would have been the blow would have been a whole lot less. So in Jesse's deal, it would have been it would have made sense just to uh, it does kind of make sense. Well, if it drops this low, somebody going to buy me because of all the negative deal going on or possibly we're looking for somebody to buy us at this certain price. If it drops lower, has it happened mm-hmm. before? It has. And that's what I said. Like, oh, man, what happened if they that's why I got the thought, man, what happened if they would have done a stock split at their highest point at six ninety? you know, do a four to one or a five to one. And then let's say all the competition would have happened. It wouldn't have mattered. Why? Because now you had more investors in Netflix. There would have been more capital injected. Mm -hmm. So now it would have been like, oh, well, you know, we got the money. We don't really have to fear a takeover or something or something like that. Cause now we have more money in the pot. You see what I'm saying? So, but that's what happens when you <laughs> you let it ride up <laughs> without any kind of, oh, yeah, it's going to go higher. It's going to, uh, Yeah, like, yeah, they they probably, at that point, there was there was nothing on the horizon. I, and honestly, they probably should have known. They probably should have had corporate spies out there with their feelers or whatnot. They should have known stuff was coming. But, like, they, they've been winning every single one of those battles up to that point. So I can see the hubris, why they think, oh, like, we deserve to be this high and we'll just continue to go higher. <laughs> But if you I look can at see why they would think that. But if you look at Facebook, it's happening to Facebook too. Facebook was up riding high and now Facebook has dropped significantly because of certain things happening within that space. Because remember, Facebook, I believe, mainly runs off ad revenue and how they get people's Probably. data and you know funnel certain things. Like you can be talking about something all of a sudden it shows up on your Facebook, like, hold on, hold up. Every day. Like, what? So, um, hence why, like, you have some of these bigger juggernauts that the ones that are smart to think, all right, let's do a stock split so we can probably inject more capital into the company, makes it more affordable. But if anything were to happen, all right, it's not as bad when it comes to the losses being that dropped off of a cliff, Mm -hmm. or to say, like how Netflix is definitely falling off a cliff. It's like jumping off Mount Everest with no parachute right now with them. So, yeah. So, I mean, it like Netflix has been such a staple stable of like like modern society. Like it, it was kind of a revolutionary thing. Like it, it introduced the world to the whole streaming service idea. Right. And it's, it's a norm today, but uh, it wasn't when Netflix first came around. So, like. If this Titan does go the way of the Dodo, like it, it's kind of, it's monumental in that way. So like, it, it's a thing to take note of. Yeah. Um, it, but we'll we'll keep watching this to see how you know it progresses. Maybe they'll get saved. Maybe they'll get bought. I don't know. But it's, it's definitely gonna be interesting to watch. Um. But another shift is on the horizon. Uh, this is our final topic for today. 
Microsoft and Sony, uh, and again, this isn't something brand new. It's something that's been talked about before, maybe even on this show. I feel like we might have had a discussion about it at some point. But Microsoft and Sony are looking at um, injecting ads into some of their titles, um, namely free-to-play titles, in order to kind of supplement the cost of development. Um, and I'm just curious. Uh, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this because I know we went kind of long on the Netflix stuff. But... I'm, I'm curious how you guys feel about this as gamers, because I know you all play video games, even the, even the free ones. Like, is there a version of this that works for you or is this kind of universally just a bad idea to kind of stick ads in your video games? I mean, I, I think kind of what you said earlier is how I feel where you're like, I pay if you're saying if, if you pay for a streaming service and it has ads, don't want the ads I'm not paying yeah. for it. Like, and that's yeah. how I feel too. It's like, if I bought a thing, I should not have to put up with inconvenient thing for what money. About, what about for a free-to-play game? I'm kind of curious. That, I think, does work. I want developers to make money. And if they give me something for free, it, you know, and maybe it has a, you can buy it for this much version, maybe it doesn't, um, then yeah, I... I don't know how else they would make money. So yes, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I feel a little, it's, it's weirder. And this might be a like old school thinking, um, with like, it feels weirder with like a, a PlayStation kind of thing because like, but that's, it's such a big thing. It's not this indie, you know, app store thing that someone made in their basement. Like uh -huh. it's, it's a huge corporation, but I think that they, I hate saying this, I think they could do it and it could work out if it was a free game um, and if it was under control. Because there are some things that you play and you get ads at a rate that you're like, this isn't worth it. Like, it's just, it doesn't yeah. matter that it's free. The main thing I'm doing is ads. The question is, would you rather the ads or microtransactions? Because now that's the next battle. Hmm. I think they're try I think the literature that is being put out about this, I mean, because we're hearing a lot from insiders on the program. Mm -hmm. So I think the word that is being put out, they're trying to make it sound as palatable as possible because they're talking about uh, how both both companies have said they they are strictly vetting the companies whose ads would appear. And so it's not just like, you know, highest bidder. Supposedly, they only want very specific uh, companies. Um, they would uh, it would only be in free-to-play games. Microsoft has said that they wouldn't take any of the revenue. It would be split between the advertising company and the game developer. And I think there was, uh, they said it would only appear in, like, places where it makes sense in the game. So, like, billboards, for example. Um, so they're trying everything to make it sound as palatable and unobtrusive as possible. But I think it still comes down to a lot of people are just not going to want to have ads in their games. But I do think it's a little strange because, you know, the, you know, we're being like, like Fatstack said, it's, we're being like pushed, microtransactions are being aggressively pushed on us at mm -hmm. all times. So I almost don't see the difference between the two. It's the same. It's like companies aggressively trying to get you to put money towards a certain thing. And, you know, you're, so you're being harassed on all sides to give up even more of your money. So like, what difference does it make if it's an ad for mcdonald's and fortnite or something like that that's first free-to-play game i think of but uh 
So what is it? What difference does it make if it's a you know an ad for McDonald's and a free to play game, or you know here buy this five dollar pack of currency in order to you know to spend it in our in our in our store, whatever. I I think you know free to play games have perfected the art of trying to aggressively harass you for money. So <laughs> does it really make a huge amount of difference whether it's an ad or a microtransaction? As yeah, you- I, I'm. I'm sorry, but no, ahead, as, as you were finishing up your sentence, Rachel, Twitch zoomed out and started playing an ad. Under- <laughs> right underneath. Yep. Uh, yep. That's a thing nowadays. I've noticed that. Like, yeah, okay. That, they, they took that upon themselves. Like, I have zero control over when that yeah, happens. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but they said that oh. was coming, though. They, they did say that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and they didn't also. They about it, though. <laughs> 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 also, I think if you um, if you have ads in a free-to-play game, it also opens up the possibility that they can then sell a version of the game that doesn't have ads in it. So you could, in theory, have a free-to-play game. It's like, oh, by the way, pay us like $2 a month and you won't have to see any more ads in the game. All of a sudden, that creates a completely new revenue stream. Yeah, and, and generally speaking... I think most people are okay with that trade-off. Like, yeah, like if if it's free, uh, I think there's a lot of players nowadays who um, are perfectly fine with getting something for nothing. <laughs> like they they're like, oh, I want it free, and I want no no caveats at all. And it's like, come on, like something's got to give here. So like, but I do think there's a contingency of, of people who are like, all right, well, yeah, if I'm gonna get this thing for free, there's gonna be some kind of catch either there's a store full of microtransactions that I can ignore or there are going to be like ad breaks, which I think is the worst implementation of this. Like that happens in mobile games all the time, right? Like you're playing a game and then you just get a commercial for like 30 seconds. Like that's probably the worst way to do this. If like this is going to sound very capitalistic, but advertising can be an art form. Like there is, there is merit to like being good at marketing like, like there are commercials in our society that have basically transcended and become like touchstones of like culture and like information sharing and whatnot. So like, I don't hate ads for being ads. I hate bad ads, if that makes any sense. And now, like, there's a way to do this where it does have a symbiotic relation with the games. It doesn't, you know, feel out of place, like it makes sense and it becomes natural. And so everybody wins, right? The worry is... Is that what we're going to get? Because there are so many examples of, like, with microtransactions, the exact opposite of, you know, people just forcing them down your throat, like, straight through your eyeballs, just mercilessly trying to get you to buy stuff at the expense of the gameplay experience. Now, I think it's, e- it's much easier to do with advertisements, like blatant advertisements, than it is with buying virtual items. Now, one thing that's interesting, we just talked about when soon as Jesse said about Twitch popping up with the ad, if they've done it in that particular format, I don't see anything wrong with it where you still play the game, but it's at the bottom that it shows up at the bottom without it actually cutting out the game. Now, that's a little bit more tasteful. If you ask me, in my opinion, if you're going to go that route of putting a if you're playing a free game and the ad shows up then minimize the gameplay screen and then put your ad down there. As long as I can keep playing, I don't, I don't care what ad you playing down there. You know what I mean? But we're also talking about two juggernauts with Sony and Microsoft. To be fair, Microsoft makes 
money in so many other areas. So can could they take a loss? Yes, but you know, like you said, they're not going to take that revenue because okay, it's a good way to pay for, you know, if a developer you know has a free to play game, well, why not just do ads and then let the developer get a cut of that? Obviously, yeah, my, it, it yeah it takes Microsoft out of the equation, out of the equation, the bill. Right. right? You know what I'm saying? But for Microsoft too, that means Microsoft can advertise their stuff. <laughs> so it's it's not really Microsoft sticking their foot out of it. Microsoft and Sony can stick their foot in it. It's just very subtle. You know what I mean? So they but that, can. But that would make sense because, like, because <laughs> so... I think about it, like, like a lot of us today will go to the movie theater before the actual showing time because we want to see the trailers before the movie. Those are just commercials, really. Right. <laughs> Very so, loud. so if the game, if your game you're playing also has commercials for other games that you might like, I don't see that. You see, see, there you go. So that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, it, it's that little, uh, we're not going to get involved, but we're also going to, you know, <laughs> make this work for us type of deal. So, you yeah. Can- there have been proof of concept sort of of these like in-game advertisements that are done in sort of like a, a, a an attempt at doing them organically. I think there's um Ubisoft had a partnership with a company who did ads in Trackmania and it's uh you know sort of like these billboards alongside the racetrack with mm-hmm. like uh like phone ads that sort of thing. I remember cuz I I was shown um videos of that. I don't actually play Trackmania, but um it's a good game. <laughs> just just an example of that sort of um, that it's been done, and mm-hmm. uh, I think you can point to that as a proof of concept of sort of like this is how we want to do it in a way that's not obtrusive, but still gives the advertisers what they want. And like like you said, I think it can. I think there's a way it can be done, but the fear is that even if it's done right at first. Who's to say there won't become there won't come a point when they're like, okay, you're all right with this. Let's push it a little bit further yeah. and put ad breaks into your game, for example. Like where yeah, like th- where do we stop them? Like, is this a slippery slope, or you know, is there a point afterwards where we can sort of like pull them back and say, hey, we don't want this? Like, I feel like for, for video games in particular, you will get immediate pushback when a line is crossed. Like you'll you'll hear about it immediately, and like there's evidence of this because you guys remember, uh, Capcom talked about putting logos and stuff on like the the attire of like their Street Fighter characters. Do you remember this? <laughs> like I think it was an idea they threw out there. It was like, oh well, we were thinking about putting ads in some of our games to like kind of fund like a free version or whatever, and like imagine like a, a Pennzoil sticker on the back of like Reuse Gi or something. <laughs> Something like that. And, like, the internet lost their minds. They're like, this is an awful idea. And it was an awful idea. And so we've not heard about that since. I, mm, yes, but that's not always the case. Because Mm -hmm. there's absolutely huge amounts of pushback for day one DLC. Uh, That games flopped. Like, People, part of it was blamed on like day one DLC, don't buy this game. Like back when that was a thing in like 2013, mm-hmm. um, as being the next terrible thing that we hate and we can't have. Uh, guess what's still there? Stuff like the the tiered um, pre order stuff where it's like you have to literally buy three versions, three different versions of this game in order to get all of the pre order stuff. People absolutely had huge backlash over that. Still mm-hmm. happening. So, well, I but think that's because people kept buying it. 
but that but like <laughs> that's the thing like yeah you you can have backlash over it but that does not mean that it's going to stop it that's fair and jesse hit the nail on the head just before i was about to say it so now what happens when you start doing dlc for free to play now that's another wave of income there that if the game does kind of pick up steam would you do a dlc for a reasonable cheap price to also add revenue to that developer depending because we all know we've seen the whole dlcs that show up in the sports games are notorious for this ultimate pack or legendary series or whatever and you get this much and this much but um if they're trying to look at giving developers more money and certain ways to find ways to give these developers more money i mean as consumers we got to think about it well if you like this game come on you're getting it for free but if you want these developers to keep continuing what they're doing in a certain way they got to get a little something too i mean may microsoft might be that platform that they're using but they still need to get paid somehow I mean, we could always sit here and say, well, then Microsoft needs to be playing these guys so that they can still. That's not how business works. That's not how capitalism works. Sorry. <laughs> Something's got to give some way or another. And companies will do the best that they can to make sure that their cost is at a certain point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if it means, well, look, you can we'll be the backing. But this is, has to happen where these guys get paid okay so then the consumers might have to kick out maybe a little bit more money to help with this so that they continue to do what they're doing if you like this game that much you know and and it's that's reasonable like people got to get paid for the for the work they do right like that's 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 i mean that's the root of what this stuff is based on right I like think all the costs are going up for everything so people are like hey are there other ways we can get this paid for I right. think so like go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I I think part of the backlash, I know for me personally and I'm I'm guessing for all of you as well, um being, you know, salt of the earth good people, that when we see stuff like this, when we see, you know, Ryu with a Pennzoil logo on his key <laughs> or, you know, ads and free games or all that is that we know deep down in our heart of hearts majority of this money is not going to the people who deserve it, <laughs> the people who made it, but it is going to go to buy the CEO another yacht. Like, What if he really needs that yacht? Though, Jeff? Like, the, <laughs> like the first one is like, it's last season's yacht. Like, he can't, he can't roll with his other millionaire buddies in last season's yacht. <laughs> I do, I do question though, whether it is fundamentally just as, uh, capitalistic and maybe a little bit like greedy of us to say well oh that money is only going to the people who don't need it anyway why should i bother to pay i think you know that's that's a little that might be a little bit too far of a pivot in the other direction it's like why should we bother to pay it's only going to go to filling the pockets of the ceo and i'm like do we okay but that attitude you feel like you know you're not sticking it to the man by not uh by by rejecting ads in games put it that way i mean that's not mm. directed at you jesse but it's like you know let's let's no, not frame let's not frame this as some sort of like anti-capitalist like statement about uh you know oh i'm not going to participate in this it's like you know you know so you know there are a lot of people in you know we, we don't know if this is only going to buy the ceo another yacht it could very well go to like you know 
paying for it, paying to not have these poor developers crunch for 12 hours a day. You know, I don't think crunch needs to happen either way, but, you know, maybe they have an excuse not to force these people to crunch. And, and I think I mean, this, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's like that whole gray area. Like we really don't know unless we're seeing what is that? Um, Unless we're seeing financial statements, which we are never going to see. But, you know, what I mean, it's, it's always that gray area. I'm like, man, is it really going to help these people or is it really not? I mean, it's just kind of like the the eh, well, if I like the game, I'm going to play it anyway. I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to pay for that. Uh, it is what it is. You just hope it just goes into the right place. You know, and um, yeah, to Jesse's point, I mean, you read about this throughout the years of how and you even see it now. Hence why you have these unions being developed amongst these <laughs> developers and everything else, because they're doing all this labor and not getting paid their right portion of the amount of work that they're doing. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it is that fine line to think about it on either side. But it's just one of those men, you know, it, if there was something that can give you a little bit more that, OK, that that feeling like, all right, then it, it really is going to them. But we, we really won't ever know. But we always see yeah. the we always see the negative end. Like I said, in the past years now, the whole unionization that's being picked up in the uh, in the gaming industry when it comes to developers and this and that because of the long laborious hours and deadlines and, you know, working for peanuts type of deal. You know, what I mean, if Microsoft and Sony can make it happen where developers are getting paid more without them coming out of their pocket. Oh, best believe <laughs> they will walk that fine line as much as possible <laughs> if they don't have to do certain things. But like I said, Microsoft is a juggernaut. Sony is a juggernaut. They can more than likely get away with certain things if need be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now that, you know, can anybody else do like what they do? Eh, probably not. <laughs> so, well, I mean, this, this has this has already existed in some form in the mobile space. Like, right. A lot of stuff from the mobile space has bled over into like the double A, triple A space over the years. Like, I do think it's inevitable that like full on ads are going to start playing on your console on in your game at some point. Um, It's, it's going to be a matter of these are the good versions. These are the bad versions. The people, people are going to play what they want to play and they'll deal with what they want to deal with to get through them. Yeah. What, what happened, Jesse? Is, isn't that already a thing with Mike? Like, isn't half of your Xbox series in one home screen ads? Yes. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> but, but, but it is relevant ads. <laughs> like, oh. I, I don't, I don't have, I don't have um, as many sneaker ads on my Xbox as I do on my Facebook. <laughs> as but, many. But that's, uh, you just said it right there. Microsoft is using. There was a Halo screen. boot. Yeah. <laughs> like that did happen. <laughs> like Microsoft is using their platform to what they want to push out for, you know, whatever reason, whatever game's coming out. We're going to put our ads to our console. We're going to put. Yeah. Use Windows as our that's, that's advertisement like, platform. I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's not to be expected, right? Like, what, like the thing I'm the most worried about is that, you know, you're going to be playing, let's use Halo, for example. And, like, 
as soon as the match is over, you want to look at like your kill death ratio, whatever. And instead is playing you a Sears commercial for, uh, you know, to do by Calvin Klein, like, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> like just way off the wall. Yeah. Like, just what, like, what is this? Like, like I, like in that instance, I could be sold on, okay, this commercial is for the Halo TV show. I was already in that universe, that headspace. It might be something I'm interested in watching, right? Like, that doesn't bother me as much as just this this completely incongruous, out of left field thing that doesn't, that just feels out of place. I could be like, wrong, but I, I think, oh, go ahead if you're not done. Sorry. No, no, no. The, I, oh. I'm basically just saying, like, yeah, I, I can get behind ads that make sense to me in moments that make sense, like a lot more than the ones that pull you out of the experience you're having. Uh, Lampy said a really good thing, but before we get to that, so, but I think that the problem with that would be if you're playing Halo, there is a fairly good chance you are already aware of the Halo TV show and your interest of that is mostly set on if you're going to watch it or not. Versus, that's true. If you're playing Halo, you might be a stinky basement dweller who doesn't know about the new <laughs> cologne, and thus, you know, that's a whole new market for them to tap into. Halo fragrance, dirt, <laughs> shotgun, shotgun, <laughs> gunpowder. <laughs> Smell like the energy sword. You like you noob. I mean, you guys are slowly selling me on a perfume ad in the middle of my Halo, though. <laughs> I have actually seen candles that claim to have those sorts of smells for video games, but my, um, my, granted, that market has not been cornered by the actual companies. This is like Etsy sellers. That's true. My uh, to your point, Rachel. My partner bought me a uh, uh, bonfire candle from Dark Souls, like a little like. The gamer sense or something like that. Uh, I mean, like it's it's not the worst thing in the world. This is this is all I'm getting at. <laughs> Lampy also mentioned. Uh, so Casey, what you're saying is you want more targeted ads. Honestly, yes. I kind of have zero problem with targeted ads, though. I I understand how scary it is when you just say a thing in conversation Ooh. and then those things start to appear around you. Yeah. That's just scary because like who was listening to me? Everything, apparently. But at the same time, yes, I look at those uh, <laughs> I look at those initial D sneaker ads every single time they pop up on my Facebook. I want those sneakers. I'm not going to buy them right now because I don't have the money, but I do want them. So keep showing them to me until I get the money. <laughs> I will say, though, I do have some Naruto and uh, Hunter x Hunter shoes that I just bought. So see, I ain't gonna as, lie. Long, as long as it makes <laughs> sense, as so long it, yeah. as it makes sense. Being an anime guy, and I see certain, I was like, oh man, yeah, that'd look nice with this anime outfit. Got it already. Okay, good deal. But I would say too, when it comes to back to the revenue and developers type deal, actually, when we're talking about clothes and stuff, that's also a good way for developers to make money if toys or products are made from the game that they've developed and it does come hot, they should literally get a bigger portion of the cut that could also help them versus everybody else. That's just my opinion. Yeah, that, that goes into like, you know, rights dealings, right? Like how much percentage does the developer get on merchandising after they've, you know, made a publishing deal and who owns the IP now after they get big distribution? Like it, that's all like back-end business deals type stuff. So there's no telling who's getting what from, from what now. 
But on that note, I believe we've come to the end of today's show. I want to thank my three guests for joining me. Uh, it's been a little while, but you know, I felt like we felt fell right back into uh, our conversations, um, and it was delightful. So thank you so much. Uh, Rachel, why don't you let folks know what you have coming up this week that they can check out? Okay. Oh, actually, um, I am going to be in Los Angeles uh, tomorrow and Ooh. Tuesday. And Tuesday is the first day of Games Beat Summit 2022. And that uh, is going uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday are going to be virtual days. So I'll be around, but I'm not actually going to be, I'm going to be back home by that point, but I am going to be in Los Angeles on Tuesday for the first day, which is our in-person event. So everybody be sure to wear masks if you attend. And uh, other than that, I am going, I am, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Rachel Kayser. Everything goes through there. You'll probably see some travel pictures of me uh, wandering around Los Angeles, looking incredibly out of place. <laughs> and uh, yeah, in, in terms of uh, just non-work stuff, I'm going to be uh, putting out another Stay Golden Sunday Golden Girls recap episode today. And tomorrow we're going to have another of our Masonry Monday Perry Mason episode recaps, which is my new series. So nice. and probably at some point I will put out like a long rant about Bridgerton on my Tumblr. So keep <laughs> keep uh, <laughs> keep an eye out for that. But yeah, in the meantime, uh, that's what I got going on. So Hopefully I'll see at least some of you in Los Angeles. Nice. Uh, Jesse, how about you? What do you have coming up? Uh, I will be streaming on my channel, which is twitch.tv slash Jesse tomorrow from 11 a.m. to like 2-ish p.m. I'm going to play that Machinarium game because it's pretty fun. And I'm, I'm working on the next episode of Behind Schedule. I've already played the game, most of it, for the one after that. So I have to take a break so I get to play some fun games. My partner will be out of town for most of this week, uh, so I'm probably going to do a lot of streaming to fill the social void of having nobody <laughs> here. Uh, so check me out and help me uh, uh, <laughs> be be uh, less alone as I probably play a lot of Dead by Daylight. All right, cool. Uh, Fat Stacks, what do you have coming up? Well, for me, Monday I'm going to try to play some more Mario Kart as usual. Maybe later on today, maybe I might get into Blessed again. But um, other than that, um, just working on the anime store. So, of course, you guys can find me on the socials and stuff. The Fat Stacks, um, Twitter, Instagram, um, you know, even TikTok, The Fat Stacks. So, you know, if you guys are big into anime, the anime store is the same thing. You know, www.thefatstacks.com. I try to put some u unique older stuff in there as well. You know, little mix of everything. So, you know, if you're interested into stuff like that. Nice. Definitely check that out if you guys haven't already. Um, you can find me at SignalGears9 on Twitch and Twitter. Um, later today on the Open Party Twitch channel, uh, Super Smash Sunday is back as well. 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join me, uh, probably Superman Jeff as we uh, play a bunch of 1v1s uh, with the community. It's a great time. It's a lot of fun. Check it out if you've been missing out. Um, other than that, I don't know. I might have a review dropping at some point in the future. Um, not even started the game yet, so don't ask me when that's going to be. <laughs> Probably next month, honestly. I don't even know why I brought it up. But um, <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, thanks, everybody, in the chat. Really appreciate you coming through. Um, that's going to do it for episode 63 of The Sigma Show. We will see you next time. Bye. 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 Yeah.